All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira with your Monday afternoon headlines. West Perth-based gold miner 1064 has gone into voluntary administration just two weeks after a board reshuffle. 1064 advised the market today that it has entered voluntary administration with the company's board of directors appointing PwC's Martin Ford and Simon Theobald as administrators. The company's ASX statement said the administrators would undertake a preliminary review and assessment of 1064's operations. The board entered voluntary administration with a strong desire to restructure the group, according According to the statement. The update comes after 1064 Managing Director Jeff McGlynn and Non-Executive Directors Simon Mottram and Andrew Hunt announced their resignations on June 19. Non-Executive Chair Kate George also announced her resignation earlier that day after just six months in the role. Five directors have been appointed to replace the departing members. For more, check out the story on businessnews.com.au. In other news, Develop Global has lined up a $150 million script deal to buy Lithium Junior Essential Metals after securing the backing of major shareholder Mineral Resources. The Bill Beermond-led mining and contracting business and Essential Metals told the market this morning that they had entered into a binding scheme implementation deed under which Develop is to acquire all the shares in its target in a script deal worth about $152.6 million. The friendly takeover represents managing director Director Bill Beermont's first move into the lithium space and a broader effort to build develop into a diversified battery and energy transition metals group. Essential had previously been in the crosshairs of Tankery Lithium and IGO, with the joint venture previously off- offering 50 cents each in cash for all the shares in the target earlier this year. That was until MinRes stepped in and bought 19.55% of Essential for $27 million in the days before shareholders were due to vote on the deal which ultimately didn't make it across the line. Minres stopped short of lobbing its own takeover for Essential, but will still have a significant foothold in the Target's flagship asset if and when it comes online. As a key stakeholder in both Mr Beerman's developed global and Essential medals, Minres has agreed to vote its 19.55% stake in favour of the proposed transaction and will also subscribe for about 6 million worth of shares in the placement. Already developed second largest shareholder at about 12.9%, Minres will own approximately 14% of Mr Beermont's company once the accompanying capital raise has been completed. Essentials Board has urged shareholders to accept the deal, which will go to a vote on October 12th. And lastly, Perth's Home Value Index has risen for the fourth consecutive month, driven by an undersupply of new listings and record fast sales. The city's median home value was more than $588,000, up 0.9% from the previous month, according to CoreLogic's June Home Value Index report. The growth trajectory of Perth's Home Value Index follows the 1.3% spike recorded in May, the 0.6% 
increase in April and the 0.5% gain recorded in March. CoreLogic's research director Tim Lawless said a lack of housing supply remained one of the key factors keeping upwards pressure on home values. But he said the home value index growth has eased compared to the spike in May. Real Estate Institute of WA's data revealed that it took a median of 10 days to sell a property in June, which was the fastest time recorded by the property body. Homes in the southern suburbs of Greenfields and Palmelia sold in just three days, followed by houses in Balgar, Dudley Park and Port Kennedy coming off the market in just four days. Across Perth, there were just 5,384 properties listing at the end of June, which was down 4.4% from May. That's all from me. Up next on the podcast, journalists Jack McGinn and Simone Grogan discuss WA's involvement in space missions. The business world is teeming with opportunities to succeed and every day is a chance for the ambitious to learn, know and grow. Over recent years, we have built the greatest business journalist team in WA, delivering you the most trusted, comprehensive, intelligent and up-to-date news across every sector, every platform, every day. No fluff, all informative stuff. At Business News, we believe progress boils down to one simple habit. That is, what you subscribe to today shapes what you will become tomorrow. Subscribe to success. Subscribe to Business News. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash subscribe for more information. Hello and welcome back to the At Close of Business podcast. This is Simone Grogan and I'm joined by my colleague here, Jack McGinn. How are you keeping, Jack? I'm very well, thanks, Simone. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I'm not too bad. (laughs) Um, We're here to talk about uh, your latest story for Business News magazine, which was on uh, David Flanagan, prominent mining personality and many other uh, jobs, apparently, many other pursuits. He's got a lot of things. He's done a lot of things. Yes, a man with many hats. Um, So keen to, to hear more on that from you. You spoke to him for the recent edition, um, but this time uh, in a story about the space industry, his yeah. latest venture. Um, what's David up to? What's David doing? Well, look, David's a, a personality who people might know from various pursuits, uh, probably most famously Atlas Iron, which sort of you know broke the stranglehold by the big miners on the iron ore industry in the mid, mid to late 2000s. Um, David uh, was also the Chancellor at at Murdoch University for a period of time. Um, He's involved with Delta Lithium now. Uh, He was also West Australian of the Year at one point. So he's a person with a lot of hats and, yeah, uh, a lot of runs on the board. Um, 40 under 40 winner? (laughs) Correct. He was a 40 under 40 winner. Chief among his achievements. Yes. He was, um, yeah, first first amongst equals in 2009, I believe. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So he's he's someone that's very familiar to to BN readers. Um, But David's also currently, and has been for the last few years, the chair of a thing called Arose. Now, Arose is the Australian Remote Operations in Space and on Earth. It's basically this uh, consortium of, of companies that are looking to help facilitate the involvement of Western Australia's um, remote operations capabilities into um, space, basically, space industry. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in space. Um, I've sort of unofficially picked up the rounds uh, of space. <laughs> And I think it was in part through this story, but David is sharing that. Um, and it's a really an interesting thing because by his own admission, David didn't 
really feel qualified to do that sort of job. His expertise is in, in mining. He's a geologist by trade. Um, but he had some very clever people come to him and sort of put it to him in a way that made a lot of sense. And uh, so that's that's how he's ended up there. And Arose is doing some, some fantastic things. They are, um, they are one of two organisations that's um, been given an initial grant for the design of this uh, lunar rover uh, just trying to think of the details of this one. The Lunar Rover is part of the Trailblazer initiative. So basically they're designing a rover that could end up on Mar- uh, on, on the moon, rather. Not Mars, not one yet. At, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. And and what, um, what did you take from your conversation with David? Well, you know, obviously David's doing plenty, Arose is doing plenty, um, and there's a lot of a lot of potential but I but I think David he's one of these people he's very f- sort of free with his thoughts and uh, there's some gr- absolute pearlers that he came out with in our interview um, you know references to Crocodile Dundee 2 um, and the movie The Internship with Vince Vaughn um, some niche references some very niche references um, even his line with Space Camp about Space Camp which yes. I actually opened my story with yes. he basically you know one of the first things he said to me was you know I, I, I'm not one of these people that went to, sp- to Space Camp I thought it was cool, but you know, that, that's about the extent of it. And I, and I just thought that was fantastic. But what I, I love when interviews go this way because it's one of the things that I really respect about people like David, and it's that they have this ability to take something that's quite complex and put it to you in a way that's really relatable and understandable. And and it, it's part of the charm of someone like him that he can put it to you in a way that makes it accessible. So he's talking about applying automation techniques from mining into space and making it really engaging, which um, for a lot of people, you know, maybe that's not the most interesting topic, um, but he's really good at, at, at doing that. And I think that's where he really adds value in the role that he's in. Um, so look, what did I take from my conversation with David? He's passionate um, and there's a lot going on in the space. So Western Australia really has a huge opportunity, according to him, to uh, have a big impact on the future of, of space industry and space exploration. And, and it's through people like David, but beyond David and the work that Arose is doing and the, the companies that are involved with Arose, uh, companies like Fugro, uh, Fugro rather, um, Woodside and, and that, um, that are really pushing this one forward. Mm. And what is it about... I, I, you have to remind me where NASA fits into this, probably the obvious, but what is it that's attracted NASA's attention to Western Australia broadly? Yeah, yeah, so NASA has an interesting part to play in this story because really David's involvement comes from some interactions with a lady named Pam Melroy. Uh, Pam is now the second in charge at NASA. Uh, she's an astronaut, um, retired astronaut. She has spent, uh, i trying to think of the amount of time she spent in, in, in space, but more than most people, uh, she spent time in space. And um, she was someone that David found particularly inspiring. And she's someone that's been a big advocate for Western Australia's involvement in NASA's work, particularly around remote operations. And it makes sense when you think about it, because we've been doing this automation stuff for so long that we've built up something that even the smartest minds can't really develop, which is working knowledge. Um, and as David puts it, you know, you, you can't send a fitter up in space. So the value of what we offer is is knowing what works and what to do when, when things go wrong, this operational resilience that even the brightest minds can't, you know, replace or, or work out beyond just doing. So there's also 
there's a lot of value, obviously, for resources in partnership with space tech. You know, space industry astronauts, you've got the brightest minds in the world working on working on these things, uh, tech that could have cross-sector capability and, and being involved um, with that sort of puts you at the forefront of benefiting from it as well. Um, so Pam told David, it's a great quote, she said that on the path to achieving the impossible, you make some pretty remarkable discoveries. And that line's pretty inspiring. And, you know, even even David, he was saying it really resonated with him as someone who started a, a uh, gold exploration company and, and found iron ore. Um, and, you know, we all know how that story went. So, yeah, that's sort of the appeal for WA and NASA and, and the relationship, and that seems to be strengthening. Mm, good parallels there. I like it. Um, you also spoke with uh, Phil Bland from Curtin Space Science and Technology Centre. What's Curtin been doing in the space field? Yeah, so Phil was really interesting as well. So Phil heads up the Space Science and Tech Centre, as you mentioned, um, and he and his team have achieved some really remarkable things over the last few years. In in 2021, they, they sent up this uh, uh, BINAR-1, which is the first WA-made spacecraft to ever enter space, um, which is a you know massive achievement, something made in WA into space. Uh, and currently, Phil and his team are working on BINAR-2, 3, and 4. Um, so these are small spacecraft, and basically they're designed to really offer a cost-effective means for Western Australian tech, industry education to get into space and i think that that's a really valuable exercise um so essentially what binar is is this this piece of infrastructure and it's designed so it can be easily adapted for a range of of purposes so you can change the the payload depending on what you're doing um you could put different things into it binar one was was sent up into low earth orbit um and you know, it sort of proved the concept and it was a really good thing. Now they're working on BINAR 2, 3 and 4. And what they're trying to do with these go- with these guys, satellites, <laughs> is design what's called a satellite constellation. So it's a lot cheaper to put a satellite into near-Earth orbit than it is into like really far out into space. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot more value in having it further out. So near-Earth orbit means that you can capture things, but you actually move quite quickly in, in near-Earth orbit. So you might only capture um, whatever information you need from the Earth's surface at a certain point in the day, and it might only be 10 minutes that you get the exposure. But by having a constellation of uh, satellites spread out, you're actually um, giving yourself three times the exposure um, to the, the information point uh, at a far less cost than what it would be to put it out into further orbit so uh, I thought that was really interesting um, that's the way he's explained it to me uh, Phil if you're listening and I've, uh, I've messed up that explanation please forgive me you did a very good job of explaining um, so what the constellation can do is basically offer a greater picture of what's happening on the ground and what the infrastructure does and why it's so potentially valuable is um, is because it really gives a, an adaptable platform um, to be able to enter space and a, and a means of access across the spectrum and, and look there's so much going on in space in WA as we touched on last week in Mark My Words um, at UWA, we've got the square kilometre array, we've got, a, we've got a long history with space as well um, our environment is famously conducive to clear skies and, and sp- 
physical space, not outer space, but physical <laughs> space. So there's a lot that works in our in our benefit here. But the other thing that Phil brought up was the environment for investment in space. Mm. And so he said, you know, we've got all these characteristics that are really good for space, but one thing that's been really good lately has been the support of industry and the support of government. Roger Cook is a pretty big advocate for this stuff. He was state development minister. Um, he still is state development minister, but he's also the premier now. And I just got the impression, speaking to Phil as someone in academia, that for the first time in a long time, he's actually finding that he doesn't have to fight for everything. Right. So it's a really interesting time in the space sector. David also touched on Phil's work. He said that it was amazing. There's a lot of collaboration happening, which I think is probably a departure from what we've seen historically in resources. Um, in terms of tech collaboration, uh, this is really opening up shared knowledge for greater benefit. Uh, and I think that there's potentially a lot of benefit across sectors um, from this sort of work. Wow. Look, that's a very thorough explanation. <laughs> Sorry. I, I feel like I've been, like, <laughs> been with our listeners on this journey. Um, uh, Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to talk us through your chat with uh, David and all your newfound information on space. So it's much, so much. Really cool to really cool to hear. Thank you for that. Cool. Um, I highly recommend uh, having a read of this piece. It's a really fun read uh, on businessnews.com.au. That's on our website right now. Uh, Jack, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Simone. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.